Well, we have been talking about spiritual reality here in D2L. It's our second week in the series. Many of you understand virtual reality, where you temporarily alter your senses to experience another dimension. Well, spiritual reality is altering your reality to experience the God dimension or the spiritual dimension. And many of us, we do that on occasion. We go to a retreat. We have uh, an encounter with God at church on Sunday or Wednesday. But the problem is it doesn't stick. And we're looking at why it doesn't stick. So please open up your Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. And when you get there, just say, I got it. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. Actually, we'll jump right down to verse 7. Paul is writing here, and we realize that Paul had an encounter with God. Paul said, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ." Paul obviously had to have such an encounter with God that he could say, everything that I have gained up until this point, everything that I have earned, everything that means anything to me, I'm totally laying it aside. It's garbage compared to knowing Jesus. Now, what Paul experienced was the spiritual reality. And what I want to share with you this morning is that there's more to life than what we see. We think that these four walls and this earth is all that we have. But I want to take you on a journey this morning to reveal to you that the spiritual world is more real than this physical and natural world we're living in. In fact, Jesus himself said that it would be easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one word that he spoke to ever fail. That means that the spiritual world is so much more real than this physical world. But you and I, we get caught up thinking that everything around us is more real, and we're more moved by what's around us than we are by the spiritual. So please open up your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Turn, if you're in Philippians, over to the right to the book of Hebrews, which comes just before the book of James. Hebrews chapter 11 I want you to read verse 3 with me. It says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed. The universe was framed and put together by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made from things that are visible, so that the things that are seen were not made by things that are visible. Now, this is, is really understood when you look at a building. If you go over to New York and you head over to the Empire State Building, you're going to go to the Empire State Building. You may go up to the top of the building and look out over New York City. Now, on the side of the Empire State Building, you're not seeing this big picture, a mugshot of the building's creator, are you? No, you don't see a big picture hanging off the side of the building of the designer of the building. Yet, if you go to the Empire State Building, you would never question that somebody had to design and build that building. You don't go to New York and say, wow, isn't it really cool how that building just appeared? You would never say that. You look at the Empire State Building, you say, wow, that is such a cool building. Somebody made it. We know that somebody had to design it. 
Well, the same thing is true with our universe. God intended that we would look at this awesome universe, look at the stars, look at the moon, the sun, the plants, the way that everything functions. God intended that we would look at all this and be amazed and say, wow, someone created this. Hebrews 11.3 says, so that we understand the things which are visible have not been made by the things that we can see with our eyes. The spiritual world is so much more real than this physical world that we're living in. Colossians 1, turn over there, please. Colossians 1, if you're in the book of Hebrews, you can turn back to the book of Colossians. Turn to the left to go to the book of Colossians. Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. You know, we deceive ourselves uh, to think that this world is all that there is. The spiritual world is what created everything we have here. God literally spoke into existence everything that is in our universe. And that's pretty, that's pretty obvious, uh, really in the sense that we're creators. God said he made us in his image. That's why we have such a desire to build. That's why we have such a desire to create because we've been created with, the creative, uh, with that creative design inside of us. We've been created literally to create. That's why we love to build things and invent things because we're just like our father, the creator, the inventor, and the builder. Colossians 1 verse 15. He who is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist." Did you see that? In verse 16, it says, everything visible and invisible has been created by him. Everything visible and invisible has been created by Jesus. And we get caught up into thinking that, you know, everything that's in this natural world is just here from someone, you know, building it or putting it together, or it's here by accident, as we know evolution teaches. But the scripture tells us that everything was created visible and invisible. I know that you can't see right now the angels that are in this room, but the Bible says, I know that you can't see the Spirit of God that's in this room right now, but the Bible says that where two or three gather together, Jesus said, there am I in your midst. There am I in your presence. Now, if you look around, you probably can't see in the spirit right now to know that the spirit of God is here. But Jesus said that he would be here in our midst. Now, this morning, as we continue on this journey, I want to share a few things with you. Because we're so focused on this earth and on this planet and on everything we experience here, we really get deceived and we really get distracted. Many of us don't think the spiritual world is more real because we are focused on what's happening in the here and now. And I want you to know this morning that that is a trick. That is the deception of the enemy to get so focused on what's going on now that you miss the spiritual world. The truth is you'll live for whatever you feel is more rewarding. You and I will live for whatever we feel is most rewarding. Turn over to the book of Matthew, please. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And I'd like you to go to verse 19. 
Jesus is speaking here, and he says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust can destroy and where thieves can break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves cannot break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think it's important this morning that we locate our hearts. Where are our hearts right now? You say, how do I find out where my heart is? Very simple. Take a look at what you treasure. What is it you invest your life into? When you wake up in the morning, the first thing on your mind, what is it? Is it, oh, I can't wait to connect with God today. I can't wait to talk to God today and experience more of him and become more like my Father in heaven. For many of us, that's not the case. We, we wake up and we're focused on what we have to do today. We're focused on, you know, the projects we have to work on. We're focused on what we're going to do for ourselves, what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear. You see, we're distracted by so much. And for me, I learned at a very young age that my treasure was money. And I knew that because that's where my heart was after. And many of us, we get taught by, you know, pop culture today that the thing you should treasure the most is money. We're so consumed with, you know, how much money we're going to have. We're so consumed with what kind of car we're going to drive and the bling that we're going to have and the mansions we're going to have and all the money. That's, that's so temporary in compared to what God has for us in the spiritual. But we're driven by that because that's our focus. What if our focus was different? What if we actually believed that we could store up for ourselves treasures in heaven? Well, before this morning's out, I'm going to share with you a scripture and share with you a little bit of information on how you can begin to store up for yourself treasures in heaven. You know, it's interesting because when you're really young, when you're 12 and you're 14, the biggest thought that comes into your mind is, man, I can't wait till I'm 16 and I can drive and I can get a car. But how many of you know when you turn 16 and you start driving, it's not all it's cracked up to be. In fact, you start driving, you get a little more responsibility. Well, then mom and dad want help around the house. They, they want you to, you know, take your, your brother or your sister over to soccer practice or go pick up a few groceries for dinner tonight. See, with every level of... Uh, 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 reward comes more responsibility. And really, you know, driving brings on more responsibility. So you realize very soon after driving that it's not all it's cracked up to be. And then you're 16 and you're like, I can't wait till I'm 18. You know, and the thought of many young people's mind today is when I'm 18, I'm moving out. Well, the truth is when you're 18, you don't really have the financial stability to move out. Uh, you have no car probably in, in, unless your parents have given you a car or you've worked towards a car. But you turn 18, you realize, wow, it's, it's not all that everyone, in, you you know, said it would be. When you're 18, you think, I can't wait to be 21. If I was just 21, then I'll be a real man. I'll be a real woman. I'll be an adult and I'll be on my own. But you soon realize that 21 is not really that big of a deal either. What happens is we're constantly living for these little milestones and our reward becomes the next big thing. What God wants us to realize is that our reward is in him and the spiritual world is what brings the real reward. It's interesting because Many people, when they come to the end of their lives, they're not looking back on their life and saying, man, I, I wish I made a better investment here so that before I die, my bank account is filled with more money. Many people aren't looking back on their 401k. They're not looking back on how much money they have in the bank. They're not looking back on the cars and the mansion that they're going to 
have because at the end of their life, they realize that's not what matters. At the end of everyone's life, and you realize there's only a few days left or there's only a few years left in front of you, when you have more days behind you than you have ahead of you, you begin to realize there are only few things that matter in this life. Men, if we could just get that into our minds today as young people to realize that everything that we see in this life, there's so much more to it. Billy Graham last year said, uh, Billy Graham, if, if you've never heard of Billy Graham, you know, one of the greatest evangelists of our time, if not the greatest evangelist of our time, has led thousands, countless thousands, if not millions of people to the Lord Jesus Christ, has been doing a work for the Lord since a, a very young age, and now he's approaching the last days of his life. He's in his 90s, and he looks back and he says, you know, if I could do it all again, this is what he said last year, if I could do it all again, I would spend less time preaching, more time praying and studying the word, and more time with family. How is it that Billy Graham, who has led countless thousands, if not millions of people to the Lord Jesus Christ, at the latter half of his life could turn around and say, I wish I spent less time preaching, more time praying and studying the word, and more time with my family? You see, many of us would look at that and say, that doesn't make any sense. But the truth is, Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, there your heart is going to be also. And we have to come to the point where we realize there are only few things that matter in this life. There are only few things we can take with us. We cannot take the material possessions that we get here on this earth with us in heaven. They don't translate. They, they, they stop right here on this planet. As we go up, they don't go up. They don't come with us. And Billy Graham coming to the end of his life realizes, wow, there's so much more to life even than what I did, what I did, even for God. And I think that's the revelation that we all have to have, that we come to this realization that, wow, there's so much more to life than even I understand. There, there's so much more that I could experience. So why don't we take the wisdom that has been given to us by people like Billy Graham, by people like Paul? I want to share this scripture with you. Uh, go over to the book of 2 Timothy, please. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul is again writing this book here. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not me only, but also all who have loved his appearing. Also to you all who have loved his appearing. Many of us, I think, today... In, in church, we read these words and we're like, oh, wow, he's going to get the crown of righteousness, quote unquote. He's going to get, you know, in, entrance into heaven. Well, why do we look at that and just think that he's talking about just entering into heaven? There's so much more than what you and I understand in the spiritual world. There's so much more. If you're rewarded here on this planet, let's say that you do great things here on this planet, you earn a lot of money. Well, with money, you can buy mansions, you can buy cars. If you get that reward here on this planet, how much more are you going to get a spiritual reward in heaven? You know, Paul's talking about a literal crown. He's talking about a literal, a literal crown, that, a trophy that he's going to receive from the righteous judge, Jesus himself. Now, 
Maybe you look and you say, well, what do I care about a crown in heaven for? What do I care about a trophy in heaven for? Well, because the Bible teaches us that in heaven we are to cast our crowns down before the Lord. And it's going to be sad if, if we're the one person in heaven who has no crown to cast before the Lord. The crown represents glory and honor and wisdom. And we're supposed to go on this wonderful day and just cast our crowns before the Lord in worship. But if we don't take the spiritual world seriously, how many of us are really going to have a crown that we can cast at the feet of Jesus, that we can lay at the feet of Jesus? What if Paul is talking about a literal crown here? What if he's, not cha- not, what if he's just not talking about an idea? See, there's so much more to this spiritual world than even you and I understand. Again, in the book of James chapter 1, James writes, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for in the end he'll receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. You and I need to begin to realize that not only is the spiritual world more real than the physical world, but the reward in heaven is greater than the reward here on this earth. We're so driven by what we get here on this planet that we miss what God has for us in eternity. And we miss the benefit. Jesus says, I've come that we might have life, that, that they might have life abundantly. That's not just the promise of heaven someday. It is the promise of the superabundant life right here and now. You see, there is a reward that awaits you in heaven, but there is also a reward here on this earth. And most of the time, the reward is not to focus on these monetary physical things. The reward is oneness with God. And then moving on to eternity, getting a greater reward even in heaven. I have a challenge for you this morning, and it's a simple question. How would seeing the spiritual as more real change the way that you live? How would it change the way that you treat people? How would it change the way that you look at life? How would it change your attitude? How would it change your conduct? How would it change your work ethic? How would it change how you talk to your parents? How would it change your entire outlook on life? If we really believe that the word of God was true and we sunk that deep into our hearts, we would know that there is a reward that awaits us in heaven And I really believe that if we begin to see the spiritual as more real than this physical, our lives will be different. Not because we're trying to be better people, but because we know, as Paul said, I've run the race, I've finished the course, I've kept the faith. Now there awaits for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord himself, the righteous judge, will give me. I don't know about you, but I know that I want to receive that crown from the Lord Jesus Christ when I see him someday. I know that I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. So how can we make that shift? Can we really come to the place where we see the spiritual as more real than the physical? Yes, we absolutely can. Absolutely can. Jesus said, Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the first thing you need to do is you need to locate your your treasure. And how you do that is, is look at what you're spending your time, your effort, and your money in. What is your focus? 
Is your focus, you know, working towards something in this life? There's nothing wrong with things. You know, there's nothing wrong with us having nice cars, nice houses, and lots of money so long as we do with it what God wants us to. And so long as that stuff doesn't control us, but really our hearts are sold out for the Lord. That's, that's what God wants. He wants our heart. So you need to locate your treasure because when you locate your treasure, you're going to find out where your heart is. And then once you discover where your heart is, just like me, my treasure was money. And I had to begin to lay that down. And as I laid that down, God began to reveal to me the real life that he has for me. And the spiritual world became more real and is becoming more real to me than this physical life that I'm living in. Kenneth Hagin uh, used to say that... Um, the spiritual is more real than, than the way his body feels. The spiritual is more real than anything he experiences here. And that's a, that's a reality shift that you can only get by real oneness with God. So what can you do? Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen in that scripture, God says, you will seek me and you will find me when you have searched for me with all your heart. God is not hiding from you. God wants you in all of your heart. And you can be fully connected with him when you seek for him with all your heart. What you and I need to do is we need to put down the distractions in our life. We need to turn off the game. We need to take the headphones off, put down the phone, stop texting, and start reading the word of God and start seeking him daily. Where your treasure is, is where your heart will be. If you're sitting here this morning and you don't care about the things of the Spirit and you don't care about a relationship with God, that is because you don't treasure the spiritual. You don't treasure the words of God and the words of Jesus. And that can change this morning. The hope is and the truth is that can change for you this morning. And it's simple, by seeking Him with all your heart.